Hi, everybody. I'm here with Will. Um, what's on your mind? Um, well, uh, maybe I should just start by reading what I wrote. Um, my brother is uh, 10 years younger than I. When I was 12 and he too, our parents split up. Uh, the breakup was tumultuous and left us in primary care of our mother. Uh, now I'm 35, and although uh, my life isn't really where I'd want it to be, I feel mostly content and stable. Uh, my brother, on the other hand, has recently graduated college and is working at his first job. He's prone to pessimism and intense bouts of depression. He seems to expect failure and rejection at every turn. Uh, he gives up on most things that he sets out to do. He can turn frighteningly dark and distant, and I see a deep anger in his attitudes towards the world. While I don't believe he'd hurt another person, it terrifies me that he's voiced suicidal thoughts to his friends and my family. Uh, it's like he's built an impenetrable wall that has been calcifying since childhood. And there's a stubborn self-certainty that wards off any attempts to find common cause with him against his inner struggle. I know that I am part of the reason he's developed this disposition. I wasn't a very dependable brother or positive role model for him in childhood. Back then, our father was gone and I was very hurt and angry. But for me, he was still always present in a way. My brother, however, growing up in the middle of a rocky divorce, was far more estranged from our father. I believe my brother developed his stubborn, stony exterior in life as a way to protect himself from the turmoil and disappointments of our family life. I want him to find happiness and purpose in his life. I'll help him however I can, and my hope is you may be able to see our situation from a different perspective. I feel that there is a deeply rooted resentment in him that needs to be unburdened. I love my brother, and I don't want to see him suffer in solitude. How do I best help him? That's uh, it's a hell of an email, and <clears throat> I hugely appreciate your care for your brother. It's a, it's a lovely thing to see or, or to hear, I guess, in, in this case, so... Did your, so your parents split when you were how old? Well, I was 12 and he was two. Right, right. And how bad was the marriage before they split? Um, it, you know, t to me, it wasn't terribly noticeable on the surface. Uh, my dad was, uh, did a lot of working back in those days. There was a remodel happening on the house that we lived in that was kind of, taking up a lot of space and, and time for everybody involved. So it was sort of something that was kind of behind closed doors as far as I uh, recall until it, uh, it finally kind of erupted onto the surface and then things turned pretty bad. And do you know what the major issues were? Uh, that led up to it? Uh, yeah. Primar yeah. Primarily uh, there was uh, an affair on my dad's part that, uh, just coincided with uh you know all the expenses being put on the house and stuff and it just uh obviously put a lot of strain on on my mom and and the family and that's an admitted affair is that right yes and did your father keep up with the woman he had the affair with or did that end with the divorce um, it, it continued for a time. There was, I think, a lot of kind of attempts to find a way to make it, uh, piece together harmoniously, but, uh, wait, I don't know what that means. You know, 
in terms of like he would try he was my dad was trying to find a way to sort of make the two disparate parts of his life the 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 affair and the home life kind of mesh together or you know work in some way but it was just my mom was too upset and too you know too hurt yeah the uh, franken franken stitch the harem together doesn't doesn't usually work out at least not if you're like not in the middle east but all right all right um and how bad did it get with the divorce um well there was uh well it 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 wasn't that i mean the divorce itself wasn't finalized for a long time so there was kind of a lot of just sort of drifting along and and uh i think my mom was trying to do things to sort of i don't know if she wanted him to to come back and and but there was just too much of a too much of a rift there i i I can't say that i know specifically but for me no no but you said it got pretty bad right so what do you mean just well i mean uh, there wasn't really violence or anything like that but definitely just like explosive uh arguments and and stuff happening uh, either in person or over the phone and my mom was just i mean she was she she turned into a kind of a different person as far as i you know as far as i'm concerned and uh she just sort of went deep into a, a kind of depression that uh made it just a very op- oppressive place to be at the house where we were you know and how long did that my last? brother and myself uh, about two, two or three years of, of pretty, uh, like she just wouldn't come, come out of it. Wow. Wow. Do you know why your father had the affair? Well, I've spoken to him about it and, uh, you know, according to him, uh, he was, just kind of becoming successful at, at what he did for work and, uh, and, and feeling, but also feeling a lot of pressure <laughs> and with, uh, you know, with the stuff, the remodel happening at the house. And, uh, he, I, according to him, uh, he just didn't feel like my mom was, uh, was behind him on that or, or supportive. I mean, th- there's, a, there's more to it, but, uh, but that's sort of what he, uh, defines it as well listen and and the reason i'm asking all this and these are all just my opinions you know but i'll be i'll be forceful about them because they're my strong opinions but you know they don't let me or anyone of course tell you your own experience Mm. but will i have found in my experience that people become angry when things are incomprehensible and the reason for that so a disaster happens in our life and if we cannot find the cause, then we cannot trust ourselves to avert the next one. And if we cannot mm-hmm. trust ourselves to avert the next disaster, we're in a state of constant fight or flight, which it sounds like where your brother is at. Yes. So this giant freaking disaster happened in your family, right? A, mm-hmm. An affair, a protracted divorce, years of depression on the part of your mother not even shared custody with regards to your dad, right? Right. There was a few attempts to do that that uh, were never very long-lived. And, um, okay, so they tried. Did they, did they try legally to do joint custody, or what happened? 
I don't know that there was much legality involved with it. It was just that... Okay, but how did it break down then? What happened? Well, uh, well, for instance, they said, well, you're gonna, we're going to try to send you over. He, he, he got another house that was, you know, in close proximity to where we were living. And so, you know, I was, would be, I've been in middle school. And so they try, they kind of experimented with just sending my brother and I over there for a few days a week. There was no hard, hard, fast, you know, legality. And then, and then what happened? Like, so you'd go over to your dad's place a couple of days a week and what would happen? Like, how did, why did that not last? It was just, well, to me, it was just kind of depressing. It was a sad place to be. And I don't think, you know, I was going through uh, a real kind of rebellious phase and I just didn't, I think I, I just resisted it. And I know in, my, in his own way, my brother did too. I don't, you know, I haven't spoken with him about how he felt about those, those times. So, but, but it, so your, your father's place was depressing. Your mom was depressed, and your father's place was depressing, right? Yeah. So, what was depressing? There was nothing going on, nothing to do? Everyone's staring at the TV, or, or what? Well, I think just the... There was a lot of obscurity between, you know, as to what the deal was between my parents. You know, I knew about the affair in in some ways, but... I just didn't really have a good understanding as to what, you know, what was keeping my mom so, so down. And so there just wasn't a lot of anything there to, yeah, really feel positive about. And, and, but, then, you know, no, but that's just very, going there. On, and, sorry. And, that's, that's, that's very abstract, right? So with regards okay. to going to your father's place, though, what was it that made it so depressing? Was it the emotional? Lack of emotional energy, or or initiative, or or what? What was it that made it so to be dark? I mean, what what made it so depressing? Yeah, it was kind of dark <laughs> in a way. I mean, but uh, yeah, I just I just didn't feel like there was any kind of family connection there. We were just doing it because you know he wanted us to be there, but I didn't really know what the deal was, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Come on, it. man. This is real vague. Do you not know? I, I didn't really know what the deal was. Sorry to be. I've asked like three times now. Like, what was you said? You, the one who said my dad's place is depressing. And you're getting all foggy on me when I'm asking mm. you a question. What was depressing about it? Was nobody talking? I mean, I just need, just give me some practical stuff, not all this abstract stuff. I wish I could, yeah, get more uh, detailed about it. I'm I'm trying. No, but you were in your mid-teens at that point, right? Right. Right. So, I mean, it's not that hard to remember stuff from 20 years ago, right? <laughs> or is it? it yeah, so, some of it can be, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but so, but you went over there for, you know, you you tried this, or your parents tried this shared custody. Like for, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, for, for instance, you know, my brother would come along with us, uh, and uh, he was just um very stubborn uh, a- agitated about doing things like uh you know i don't know i don't know how to describe more than that um well i certainly without don't. getting into <laughs> certain certain details um you so your brother didn't want to go i don't think so well i mean he kind of didn't remember your dad right 
See, this is the terrible thing, right? It's a terrible thing. And, and I mean, as you may or may not know, my parents split up when I was younger than your brother, which sounds like winning the worst competition in the world. <laughs> but my parents split up when I was, and, and JSD, JSD, man, JSD is the true heartbreak of divorce, which is dad? No, that's just some dude. Mm. Just some dude, JSD, just some dude. Now, you have all of this emotionally charged relationship with just some dude. Now, for you, I mean, you remember, of course, your dad being there, and you had the bond and all, but two is pretty young, right? I mean, you're having trouble remembering from, remember from when you were 15. I'm pretty sure your brother wouldn't remember your dad much, if at all, from before the divorce. And, of course, your dad would have been gone a lot before the divorce because he was having an affair, right? So you have an affair. You've got two households to manage, so to speak, or at least 1.5. Mm -hmm. So the problem is that you hang out with your dad, for your brother, you hang out with, with your dad, but to your brother, he's just, your dad is just some dude. Right. And more, I, I don't know, more than that, I also, he, I think he latched on to just refusing to, to do anything that was, you know, that we would have wanted him to do. Uh, for instance, like, Back in those, I mean, he was in Wait, 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 two, hang, on, so... hang on, hang on. Sorry to interrupt. You uh, want to understand your brother, man? Why the hell would he do what the family wants him to do? The family wasn't doing anything that he wanted him to do. How the hell has the family earned right. the right to say to your brother, you should do X, Y, and Z? Because you know what he would have said? Well, how about dad didn't have a fucking affair? How about mom ain't depressed? How about this just some dude opens the fucking curtains when we go to his house once in a while? Right, right. Like, who the hell is this family to demand standards of behavior from your brother? Maybe I'm missing something here, but that's sort of where I—that's where I go. I mean, you—you you think he's stubborn? Are you kidding me? <laughs> who the hell was providing hmm. him what he desperately needed? Right, his dad. Right. Like, your dad didn't just have an affair on your mom, right? He had an affair on his own children. Right. Right. He dick detonated the entire fucking household, right? So yes, for that's... your brother, it's like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you, you, you can be in your 30s or 40s. I don't know how old your dad was. You could be in your 30s and 40s, do whatever the fuck you want. Hmm. Who the hell is going to tell me to restrain my behavior? That's interesting. Um, Again, tell me if I'm off the mark. Of course, right? But that's sort of my first thought. I just, I, I mean, I find it interesting because, uh, you know, as time went on and he got into school and, uh, you know, he did, he didn't really do any of the lashing out, you know, that, well, who are you to tell me? I mean, there was some of that, as I recall, but he did kind of keep his nose to the grindstone, even though I don't think... He had a lot of satisfaction in it or... or Didn't do any know. lashing out. Wait, what am I missing here? Didn't you say he'd express suicidal thoughts? That's... Uh, you mean yes, back in the day or now? Yes, back in the day. Back in the As day. Yeah, was... yeah, yeah. Okay, so back, yeah, back in the day, he gave up on having respect for his parents and his family, I would assume. Mm. And, uh, so. you know, sublimated things and worked... To, uh, to to get his own life going and so on, right? But 
there's this, I think, pretty significant undertow. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you mean? Well, okay, so your, your brother sounds like he's in a constant state of fight or flight, as I mentioned earlier, right? So why is he in a constant state of fight or flight? Because he doesn't know what the hell happened to his family of origin. He doesn't know who to trust or how to trust or what, what red flags to look out for. And that just wears you down, right? So let's just take a silly example, right? So let's say that your mom had like sleeve tattoos, right? You know, like there's tattoos that go all the way down the arm. I think they're called sleeves or something uh. like that, right? So hang on a second. So let's say that your mom has sleeves. And let's say that there's like a 90% correlation between marrying a woman who has these sleeve tattoos and getting a divorce, right? Hmm. And let's say that your dad said, wow, you know, I was told about this. I was warned about this. I didn't listen. This happened. That happened. Here are the mistakes that I made. Here are the mistakes your mom made. And here's how we ended up in this disastrous situation. 100% ownership for both parties and 100% honesty about what fucked up, right? Right. So then he'd be like, oh, okay, so as long as I'm not dating a woman who's got sleeve tattoos, I'm, I'm probably doing okay, right? Yeah, I'd give him something to, to go off of. Right. But when I asked you, and this is not, I'm not like, I'm just telling you, right? I mean, this is, you're being honest, right? But when I asked you what happened with your family, it got all kinds of vague, right? Well, there was a remodeling going on at the house, and my father was successful in business. What the hell does this so Does that mean success and ambition leads to affairs and divorces? Right. Like, what, is, what, is, what does that mean? Like, what are, the, what are the explanations given for the catastrophe that happened to your family, right? And by that, I don't just mean divorce. Right. Right? I mean the catastrophe as a whole, wherein, I mean, look, I, I, can, I can sort of picture, it's kind of weird, to, but you can sort of picture where, you know, people are just like, hey, you know, we're just, we're just not compatible. It was a huge mistake. Uh, no one's to blame, but, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to move on and, you know, you can stay relatively positive. And I, I can understand that kind of stuff, right? And then, but then you see, if you get divorced or you have some kind of massive catastrophe hit your family, the first damn thing you need to do when your kids get to a reasonable age of maturity, by which I would assume early to mid-teens, like when they're going to start dating and all of that, is you sit them down and you chart them out like you're mapping out a D&D campaign or Snakes and Ladders. You say, okay, this family had a giant colostomy bag of history burst all over the family table, right? So what we got to do, like what I want you kids to understand is exactly what went wrong and why and how. So that you... Don't spend the rest of your life jumpy that it's going to happen to you. You understand? Right. That's what you need to do as a divorced parent. You know, here's the mistakes I made. Here's the, and, and it's great if you can both sit down and do it together, but, you know, often that's not because people get all kinds of they, – they retreat into an infantile state when they're under threat, and divorce is a multi-year threat to somebody's identity, right? <sighs> But instead, what happens on is people march on like they ain't dragging any bodies behind them, and then they try to have authority over their children. When the children are like, "What do I mean? You, you, who the hell are you to tell me how to live?" 
You couldn't keep yeah. your family together, man. And you, you can't even tell me the truth about what happened. So when I ask you what happened, ideally, you should have, you know, the, the index cards, right? You should have, well, this, then this, then this, and my father's childhood, and this he ignored, and this warning sign, and my mother did this, and right? This should all be like boom, 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 right? And that way, you can't make your family of origin whole again, but you can at least learn from the clusterfrack of catastrophe so that you're warned off repeating it. And that gives you some security moving forward, right? Yeah, right. But the parents, so often, don't like doing that, right? Because for some reason, they think that that's going to lose them credibility or authority in the eyes of their children. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, already. no, no. That's already, like, that ship has sailed. That ship has sunk, man. Like, you, you get divorced? The statue of godlike perfection that sits in the eyes, eyes, heart, mind, and soul of your children, that's gone, man. That's down like Saddam Hussein's statue. Right? That That's done. Like that, you know? It's like yeah, trying I mean, to fly a plane oh. that crashed three days ago, right? It's like, no, no, no. That's <laughs> like, so, so then the question is for parents, okay, how the hell do I regain any kind of credibility? Well, when my kids do something wrong, right? Because it's part of the other hypocrisy, right? So when my kids do something wrong, parents say, what do I want them to do? Well, I want them to own up, right? To take ownership for what they did wrong, to apologize, to make restitution if necessary, right? I mean, mm. some kid walks out of, and it usually happens to all kids at one time or another, right? They, little kids, little toddlers, they walk out of the store with a candy bar in their hand, right? And, you know, assuming they're not babies or you know, maybe they're like, I don't know, four or five or six. And the parent's going to say, you can't take that. You got to take it back in. You got to give it back to the store owner. You got to apologize. But you got to take ownership, right? To prevent it right. from happening again, right? Hmm. And so this is the standards that teachers and parents uh, have for their children, right? You do something wrong. You make a mistake. You hurt people, right? Hurt people. You got to fess up. And you got to take your lumps, and you got to promise to never do it again, right? All this stuff, right? You push another kid in the playground, and that's far less important than detonating an entire family and people's happiness and peace of mind. Now, it's one thing for you, right? You were 12, right? So your personality is largely formed. You're already into puberty, and the worst effects of it bypass you, right? I'm not saying it was fun for you. Of course not, right? It was bad. Well, I feel like, yeah, you described the, the statue crumbling. I feel like that's that's what I saw. I don't... I don't no, he was, it was even worse for him. Right. Because the statue crumbled for him right in the middle of his most formative period. You know, it's like saying, hey, man, you can go without two days of eating and you'll be fine, right? You try that to a baby, they'll die. <clears throat> So you knew a time before you have you have a Garden of Eden, right? Mm, mm -hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. That's right. Because you know, marriages crumble a long time before they split, right? Yeah. So and again, your dad's having. And do you know how long the affair went on for? Pr prior to finding out and no, splitting yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. 
don't know specifically, but it was probably a matter of a year, I would guess. Right. Okay. So your dad's unhappy, probably for at least a year before he starts looking for an affair. And then he has an affair for a year, so he's lying through his teeth every time he comes home, right? Right. So your brother bonded with a liar and a cheater. <laughs> right? That sucks. Yeah. How the hell are you going to trust yourself? I can't. Well, of course, since he was a kid, he's going to bond. He could bond with a potted plant if he has to, right? But your brother doesn't have a Garden of Eden. There's no paradise before. There's just weirdness and lying and falsehood and and then as you know, he gets older, yeah. there's like no memory of anything other than the long shadow of catastrophe. That's definitely true. I, I mean I was there, you know, I I loved him. I I played with him, you know. <laughs> right. And and you know, I'm I'm glad you did, and that was a good thing for you to do. And of course, it's not your job, right? Right, that's not your job. No, no. It's not your job to fix what your parents have broken. No. But but good for you. Like for for doing your best as as you could, right? I mean you got your own burden to carry at the age of twelve then too, right? Plus you gotta look back and say, Holy shit. Dad was lying his ass off for a year. Sitting there at the family table with a side piece. Lying and chatting and playing. Oh, my God, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually had, had met her, unbeknownst to me, you know, going to, to the place of his work and, and spent time with her. And it was like finding out later was kind of a... And a, what kind a of... Uh, well, she was willing to be a homewrecker, right? So she's a piece of garbage to begin with. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got two kids? You got a two-year-old at home? Yeah, let's, let's shag, right? It's a piece of human garbage, well, right? Well, to I, I mean, just that, just I mean, it's something uh, for a long time. I've just knowing that they knew and put you know pushed me up to her and said, "Oh, what you know, what do you think of her?" Wait, they knew. You mean and, both your parents at that point? No, I'm sorry. I, well, this woman and my dad, right? I I came in. I spent I essentially spent a day with her, uh, you know, unbeknownst like test drive with the stepmom kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that's how it sort of, and it was just like finding out later <laughs> that that's who that was, and just going, oh, so that's kind of that's that's what that was about. I don't know. Well, I'm sorry about that, man. That's uh, that's terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. And do you know, like, when your father says, why, why? The divorce, or why the why the affair, right? And and there's this crap about like we were modeling the house, and I was doing well at work, and I wasn't sure if my wife was fully supportive. Therefore, I thought I'd bang the help, like it was a woman who worked. He worked for him. Well, the way the way he puts it, um, it was the you know it was the worst mistake of his life. He was 
it was his weakest moment and you know uh, well, he i please please god tell me he did not refer to it as a moment i uh, no, no maybe I'm, okay because moment is like a finger snap moment is not a year plus right 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 it, it, he was weak and he you know there's before that time and after that time for him yeah and right and for all of us of course well and of course he's thrown over the mother of his children for a home wrecking piece of garbage. Now, do I do I do I think that your mom had no say in the matter, no role in the matter? No, I'm sure she did, right? I mean I'm sure she maybe maybe she she did the withholding sex thing, right? And and that drives a man mad after a while, right? And and maybe she withheld affection. Maybe uh, I don't know. Who knows, right? Who knows, right? I mean, it's not particularly clear. But well, something something yeah. was going on, right? Well, there was, there were uh, two failed, uh, two failed births that happened in the interim, and uh, oh, between you and your brother, yeah, I was going to ask about that ten-year thing, but that was part of it. Right. So you know, <laughs> I think it's not like things were all hunky-dory you know with the, but you with see the no life. no listen listen man i'm sorry to start to interrupt you i really am but but that does not spell affair that can bring couples closer together like shared adversity does not cause couples to jump out of each other's embrace like an overgripped piece of soap in a prison shower right i mean shared adversity can bring you closer together hmm. that sounds like yeah. a surprise to you well i don't know i mean it can, right? It makes sense. Yeah, it can. It can. If you're not Newt Gingrich. But yeah, all right. Um, so, how does your father, when he talks about it, just give me a sense of how he characterizes it? Well, he characterizes it, well, when you say characterize it, how he feels about it? No, or, so you said uh, it was weakness, uh, it was a moment, uh, it was a, the worst mistake of my life, and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, none of that is moral, right? Mistake, well, you know, mistakes happen all the time, right? They're not moral things, right? Right? You mistakenly put in east instead of west in your GPS, you end up on the wrong side of town, right? It's a mistake. Yeah, I mean, he... He accepts the the wrongness of it, you know. I don't think he tries to put it in a, a way that, oh, it was a mistake, you know. I people are fallible, therefore I Oops. fucked up. Dick slip. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, he has, in my estimation, put in a lot of work since then to be still a part of the family. Maybe it's not, you know, it's not. Uh, traditional but uh he has been there uh in his own way well okay so, yeah i'm not sure what any of that hormark random word salad <laughs> stuff means been there until not traditional but why is your brother carrying such a burden if other people have taken ownership because i don't think that he's been as much a part of that ownership taking as i have i've wait what Sorry, too many male pronouns there. What, what do you mean? <laughs> he yeah. hasn't been part of that conversation of 
as far as I know, as much as I have between my, my father and myself, I don't know that that's been as much a part of his life where my father comes to him and says, Hey, this is maybe what happened, how it happened. He only recently, you know, just out of college found out the, the reason for the divorce. Wait, your brother? Yeah. Holy fuck. Tell me you're not kidding. You're kidding, right? I wish. Your brother in his early twenties lived to his early twenties, lived 20 years plus before he even found out why the family blew up. Oh, 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 man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's terrible. Why? Why didn't anyone tell him? It's a central catastrophe of his life. No, I tell you, listen. That's right. One of the things that sucked about me getting cancer, I didn't know why. I didn't know why. It wasn't like, well, you know, I've been chain smoking and drinking and, you know, for 20 years. So, yeah, I get some causality there, right? For me, it was like, you know, no particular family history that I know of. Don't smoke, barely drink, exercise a lot, healthy. Oops, you know, just, well, it's like the godfather in uh, band, well, in Generation Kill. Right? The guy who's like, uh, he had, his, had to have his voice box removed for throat cancer, and someone mm-hmm. said, uh, did, did, you, did you smoke? The guy says, no. Well, what happened? Just lucky, I guess. <sighs> right? So, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll cut out more sugar, I'll... I'll maintain my weight even even more precisely i'll I'll exercise a little harder i i assume that will help but i didn't do anything to cause it whereas if it would be Mm -hmm. like oh man that red dye number nine combined with your blah 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 right right so you know that's just just a lack of causality that i gotta i gotta deal with i gotta live with right and it's okay it's okay but so on the plus side i didn't do anything to bring it about on on the on the minus side i can't do anything to prevent recurrence you know other than you know be generally healthy which obviously was my plan anyway but mm-hmm. so in the cancer that ate up your family why the hell wouldn't anyone tell your brother what what happened i don't know i mean <laughs> that, that includes you my friend yes of course and uh, you know um maybe there <laughs> It was some misguided protection, trying to protect him. I don't know. Yeah, that's, how's that that's, working? That's my... How's that working out for not, everyone? Not, I mean, not well. No, no listen. And, uh, so, your did you did you appreciate that your father lied to your face for a year about having an affair before it blew up the family? <laughs> no, of course no. not. So, withholding information about the affair wasn't so good for you, right? No, it wasn't. And that was one year. How about twenty? Right. Why didn't anyone tell him? This protection thing, I don't buy it. Withholding mm-hmm. crucial pieces of information from people about the greatest disaster of their life can't possibly be fantasized about as protecting someone. It has to be mm-hmm. something else. Gar- <laughs> protecting your own ass? I don't know. Of course. Of course. Of course. 
And also, when you withhold information from people, you know what you're saying to them? You're fucking weak. Uh, you can't handle it. You can't handle uh, the truth, right? You're weak. I can handle it. Dad can handle it. Mom can handle it. But you, my precious little brother, little brother, little sibling, you can't handle it. Come on. And then he's got to look at the family and say, you guys didn't tell me this shit for 20 years? Yeah. The fuck? So why? We need to know. Right? Because, I, I mean, I think you should apologize, in my humble opinion, but there's no point apologizing if you don't know why you did something. Why I didn't tell him. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it should be primarily your dad's job and your mom's job to sit down and say, hey, remember that really terrible time that was most of your early childhood? Here's what happened. So that you can learn from it, so that you don't carry that burden. Have I told this story before? The reason I'm saying this is that when I was, oh, maybe 19 or 20 years old, I sat on a bus from Toronto to Montreal for six hours with my father. And my father, bless his heart, decided to tell me the story of his life, which I didn't know. He was just mm. some guy, for the most part, for me, because I don't remember him being around. And he told me the story of his life. And I won't get into all the details, but it, it sure as hell was pretty revelatory. But mm. when I went to visit him in my mid-teens in Africa, he barely talked to me. And he told me, many years later that the reason he didn't talk to me was he was so depressed he could barely get out of bed. Mm. Now, you know, you have a carry, like you go hiking or something, you, you have a backpack on for so long you forget about it, and then you put the backpack down and it's like, giant steps, ah, watch you dick, walking on the moon. Like you feel like you're floating because you've got nothing. Yeah. Right? Well, that's kind of like, apparently, <laughs> for like, I don't know, close to half a decade, I'd been carrying this burden of why my... Just some guy, dad, didn't talk to me. And then I found out, and it had nothing to do with me. Woo! Giant steps huh. on what you take, right? So, you don't even know sometimes what burdens you're carrying. That's Until right. people take it from you. So there's something about the family structure that people colluded with regard, I'm not saying consciously, but there's something about the family structure that people colluded with regards to your brother to keep his perspective from things because your brother would have something to say that you don't want to hear as a family if you tell him. Hmm. It also becomes a hole that's hard to get out of, right? If you haven't told yes. him for five years and 10 years and 15 years and 20 years, it gets a little fucking hard to tell him then, doesn't it? I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I was often in a different place by that point in terms of I wasn't really uh, being a part of the, the family, uh, <laughs> the family unit in those years. So I guess in the interim, I, uh, part of me just lazily assumed he must have, he must know. <laughs> oh, come on. That's a 10 second questions. Five seconds. Hey, did you know? About Dad's affair? Oh, look at that. Wasn't that less than two seconds? Maybe it'd been just one. Right. 
day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, the two-second question remains unasked. Is it because it's not important? No. You know, I believe, this is an analogy or a metaphor, but I believe very deeply, Will, the truth is life. And when you withhold truth from people, you withhold life from them. And if you withhold enough truth from people, they begin to die a little bit. How is your brother supposed to trust you guys when you couldn't be bothered to ask if he knew the most important thing in his life? That's the most important piece of information that he needs to have in his young life. And everybody was colluding to keep it from him. And he probably sat down for 10,000 hours of various dinners and outings and gatherings and picnics and walks and movies and you name it, right? And in that 10,000 hours, not one person could find two seconds to ask him if he knew. Because, you know, it's really important to talk about the weather and sports and politics and all this other crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's... Oh, we don't want to reopen old wounds, right? That's what people say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, man. If you're afraid of reopening old wounds, you know what that means? They have not healed. Yeah. And that means you better bloody lift that bandage and see what the hell's going on down there, right? Right. I got old wounds from history. You hear me talk about them all the time. I'm not afraid to lift that cast and see what's underneath I know. So, so at this point, considering that, you know, <laughs> obviously he, he does know, and where I'm at now is... Wait, wait, how did he know? How did he find out? If you can tell me that, please. Uh, <laughs> I believe the way it happened was that my mother brought it up, but not in a... I don't know specifically, but from from what I hear tell, it wasn't in a, you know, we need to sit down and, and talk about it. It was more well, <laughs> by the way, And of course, I mean, your dad did have that affair, and now let's get on to the Kardashians, right? Like, kind of like, oops, or in passing, or... or... Or even as a way to, you know, <sighs> as a weapon against my, my father. I don't know. As a what now? As a, oh, but, you know, like... Did you know that your father had an affair? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I shouldn't say that for sure. I don't, I don't know how it happened, but it sounded like it was. It wasn't. Wait, you don't know. Just, so, wait, your brother told you. Your brother sat down with you. And I'm sorry. I know I'm sounding like a real jerk. So I apologize for that. But no, um, your brother sat down with you and said, oh, I know. I, I know about dad's affair. And you don't have any clear idea of how it came up. So it meant you didn't ask a whole bunch of questions either. No, no, it's worse than that. I, I haven't, I haven't spoken with him. I haven't been found a way to, to broach that subject. Which subject? I, I mean, whether like how he found out or the or the affair itself. It, well, both, both things, I okay. guess. 
Uh, I so heard how do you through know, my father. How do you know that I he heard, knows? Yeah, I heard through my father that my mother had told him, and it, he was just out of college, and he was very upset. And the way he, my father portrayed it to me was that she kind of did it as like, look at what your father did, which, you know, instead of it being about him, my brother, instead of telling the reason well, or, why. Or was, about, you know, I mean, a, a marriage is, is, I don't want to blame your mom for your dad's affair. No. But, but affairs don't come out of nowhere. I also don't want to hold her zero percent responsible. Mm-hmm. I mean, to take a silly example, right? If you enjoy eating at one restaurant, and then you just suddenly decide to go and start eating at another restaurant, does the first restaurant have absolutely nothing to do with it? If they have something to do, I mean, maybe just your taste changed, or, but no, I mean, marriage is a service provision, right? It's companionship, uh, it's, it's house running, it's child raising, it's duality, and all these kinds of things. And a man or a woman might go elsewhere if they are primarily responsible for that. But let's not pretend the other person has nothing to do with it whatsoever. Right. And, you know, this is just for the women out there. Do not denigrate the fathers of your children, particularly when they're the sons. Come on. I hate yeah, half that's... of you is all that children hear when the father is denigrated or the mother is denigrated, right? Because you're half your dad and half your mom. And your mom says, I hate your dad. You're, you hear what I hear, what everyone hears deep down is I hate half of you. And also what I hear is if, if a woman is bitching at the dad, I hear I take no responsibility for who I chose to be the father of my children. Mm. I take no responsibility for the dissolution of a marriage. I'm going to make myself a saint, a nun, and he's just the devil, inexplicably. And I'm not saying it went that far or that strong. It's not far off. All right. Well, that's terrible, too. That's terrible, too. And it's funny, you know, how, like, there's this people's emotions. Like, they just don't... I've never understood this, man. I mean, maybe you could help me. They just don't change, right? I, I said this, I told this story before, but it used to drive my mom crazy that my dad always had a cold. And then when they met after literally having not seen each other, I think for like 20 years, he had a cold. And she turned to me and she said, that's probably the same cold that he had when I was married to him. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, woman, it's been 20 years. It's like there's this weird subroutine, terminate and stay resident, run, 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 or like a brain virus. It just doesn't stop. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because nothing has been learned. Nothing has been learned about the keeping of secrets. You know, if, if you're a husband and you're attracted to another woman... Well, you fight it like crazy, and if you can't fight it, you try and figure out how you can improve the marriage. And if you can't figure that out, you sit down with your wife and you say, I'm in real trouble here. I'm attracted to another woman, and I don't know how to fix it. What, what can we do? <laughs> right? It's called being honest. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful uh, concept. <laughs> well, then you can talk about things, right? 
What's going wrong? What's going on that my heart is, is wondering? Is it being lured out of the house by the other woman? Is it being driven out of the house by you? Is it like, what's going on? Is it me? Is it like, is it the situation? It's, and you can have an incredible conversation out of all of that, and you can end up closer than ever. But no, people just act out and blame. Now, let me ask you this. What was your mom's dating life after she separated from your dad? Non-existent. Does it remain so? Yes. Hmm. She never dated again? No. Not to my knowledge. Wow. Well, that's a, that's a kind of commitment in a way. So, so that's the funny thing. Like, I've always never, I've never understood this too. Like, why not just work hard to fix things? Like, why, why do people keep taking this step down these roads? They know where it's going to lead. Disaster, loneliness, isolation, catastrophe, problems for the children. Like, why not just say, oh, you know, even after the affair and all that, oh, you know, let's figure it out. Let's go to counseling, whatever, right? Let's, let's just fix it. Let's just fix it. People that just keep taking these steps away from each other, one by one. And it doesn't heal, it doesn't cure, it doesn't help, right? Your mom's still no. blaming your dad and rolling her little grenades into the pup tent of your brother's heart. You know, 23 years after the fact, right? Since almost a quarter century. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, you know, everybody knows that some women can hold grudges till the grudges grow a beard, right? Yeah, that's about right. That's funny. And your dad, what happened to his dating? Um, well, I, I believe uh, I never saw her again. Uh, oh, the homewrecker. But uh, right, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, they did try uh, try for a time to keep it together, um, but I think ultimately she wound up moving out of state. I. I probably need to know a little bit more about that. But it didn't last, right? So he blew up his family for something that didn't even last. It didn't last. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty sad too, right? Yes. Blew up my family. Exit vagina stage left. Oh dear. All right. Um, do you know if your brother is uh, on uh, meds? Um, l- no, I believe he he did uh, after the uh, the uh, sort of suicide scare. Uh, he did try to uh, take some medications, was prescribed them, and uh, he said that they uh, just just didn't make him feel right, and he came off of them and hasn't uh, helped. Hey, sorry about that. Um, my oh. Skype just decided to crap out, but I'm sure we'll survive. So, okay. yeah, we were just talking about your brother. Did he, like his, his degree, was it was it useful or valuable? Does it have economic value? And uh, his, how's his debt situation? Just life as a whole. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, he his degree is in marketing, and he has been able to uh, get a decent entry-level job that's uh, in property management, and uh, he does have some debt. I, I think, uh, I believe it's like 40, 40K. Wow, that's quite a bit, though, right? It is. 
Right. Okay. Okay. And his dating life? So, um, fresh out of college, he did have a girlfriend and, uh, they were, she, she had a job offer, uh, cross country. That was uh, a very good, uh, job in, uh, just some other uh, place. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so she wanted him to come with and he did initially. Um, but he very, within a span of like a month, uh, just didn't want to continue and he came back uh and in doing so uh, the uh relationship uh broke apart and that's kind of why did he come back he didn't know anybody he didn't have job prospects he was trying to find a job um but uh i think a part of it was just feeling ill-equipped whereas his girlfriend at the time was you know just kind of slotting right into a profession and, and on her way and he just uh i think he just got cold feet about it and and felt more comfortable coming back huh, all right all right okay so based on what we've talked about will what do you think a good course of action would be well obviously to <laughs> tried to talk to him about the specifics of what happened in his childhood and how, you know, you know, he doesn't have blame for, for the things that happened between our parents. I don't know how, how well he'll, he'll even receive that now, but it's, it's something I should at least try it to might do. might take a while to regain some of the quarter century of credibility loss, right? Well, I asked him in the you know a while back. You know, I well, I told him you know we really should try to talk about some of these things, and he just flat out told me you know no, it's not you know, it's it's not worth my time. I don't want to do it. Well, but That's, <laughs> do it. You can say do it for me, please. Do it mm -hmm. as a favor to me. You don't have to force your, you know, just as a favor to me, will you do it? Right? It would help me. And it would, right? Yeah. So just ask him now. If he won't even do it as a favor for you, well, then you've got a problem, right? And, you know, then, then it has to be, you know, you can be persistent to the point where, you know, I mean, not to the point where he's, like, blocking your number or anything like that, but, you know, really would appreciate it. It'd be a great favor to me or whatever, right? And, you know, it depends on your level of commitment, right? Here's, here's you know, this is something I learned kind of early on. Your um, your wife is mad at you or whatever, right? And she says she's mad at you and she storms out of the room, right? Well, what do you do? Well, you get up and you follow her. Mm -hmm. And then she says she doesn't want to talk to you and you say, well, I would really like to talk. And she says, get out. Well, you get out and you go and buy the biggest bunch of roses you can find and you go back home. You just you just don't take no. Well, I'm not saying on a date that's stalking, but if you're married, right? You just, you just right. right. So here's the thing, right? I mean, if I were in your shoes, right? I would mm -hmm. say, uh, you know, I would get down to this. I would say, okay, I will pay you ten thousand dollars of your student debt to spend a weekend chatting with me about the past. Well, 
No, that's commitment, right? It is. <laughs> right? That, and that's how you get things done when people are being resistant. I'm not saying you ride over their will or anything like that, but you just keep changing the incentives until they say yes. Because I'll tell you this, man, after you spend, I mean, even if you don't have the 10 grand, I'm not saying you make the gesture emptily, right? And if he calls you on it, you, 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 you follow through, right? But I guarantee you after the weekend of talking about history, when he feels a whole lot better, he ain't going to hit you for the 10 grand. Hmm. Interesting. Right. And again, I'm not saying you lie to him. Oh, I, you know, what do you mean you want the 10 grand? I thought yeah, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll hate you and want the 10 grand. Would you give him the 10 grand? Right. <laughs> but this is what I mean in terms of like you just just making it happen. You just you mean, it's like the, the, the old Kool-Aid commercial. Are oh, you too young for this shit? But, you know, this old Kool-Aid commercial where the, the Kool-Aid jughead just comes crashing through the wall, <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I'm, I want, like, in your head you say, I'm going to talk to my brother about these issues. And what happens is we say, hey, I'd like to talk to you. No, I don't want to. Okay, right? And, and what he's saying is, how committed are you to me? Right? Mm. I'm serious. Do you really care? Or is it just, a, you know, do you really care? Do you really care? And if you really care, you just, you keep changing what you do until you get what is necessary. Right? That's, that's commitment. You say, I am going to talk about this stuff with my brother. I'm going to find a way to make it happen. If I have to sit out front of his house all weekend in a hot car, that's what I will do. Yeah. If I have to say, yeah. I'm going to be at a restaurant three doors from your house every Friday night at 8 p.m. until you show up, then that's what I will do. You just, you do it until you get it. You show him how much you care. Because we live these lives of like, just these frothy little, oh, well, I'll try, oh, it didn't work, oh, I'll, you know, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Life goes to the persistent because you you show him i mean listen you're calling me you're you're bearing your heart mind and soul you're like and i appreciate that it really does incredible honor for me that you would you would think of me as somebody helpful in this area and i hugely appreciate it and thank you so much so you're really committed to this right yes i do i am so show him that you're committed. And again, I'm not talking about stalking him or, or hiding in his bathtub or anything like that or, you know, like like showing up at his work and yelling. I'm not talking about like I'm screwing sure. up his life, right? I'm sure it wouldn't require that. It's just finding, yeah, like you said, the, the right grease for the wheel to get, get things moving yeah, in that a, way. It's a, it's a big thing, right? It's a big thing in life. Your brother, listen, let me give you a silly example, right? Let's say your brother was sick and he needed $10,000 for medicine. What would you do? Get him $10,000. You get him $10,000, right? Your brother has had bouts of suicidality, and I, I believe, and I think it's fairly uh, obvious, that talking about his past would help, right? So if yeah. you're willing to spend $10,000 to save your brother's life, why not spend $10,000 to save your brother's life? If, it, if he was sick and he needed medicine, you'd be like, oh, it's 10000 bucks. You wouldn't think about it twice, right? That's right. So get him into a conversation, and if it costs you ten thousand bucks or twenty thousand bucks, it's worth it. It's worth it. 
I mean, I spent, I don't know, this is back when, I mean, it's serious cash now, but it was even more serious cash like over 20 years ago. I dropped like over $20,000 on therapy. Best money I ever spent. Well. But you do it until you get what you want. Now, if you sit there and you say, I'll give you $10,000 and I'm going to sit in this restaurant for, you sit there for two months and he got nothing, right? And, and, and if you've tried everything, and it doesn't work, and he's just flat out will not talk to you, well, then you haven't got what you want, but you've got what you need, which is closure. Because if his life goes to shit, and you did everything within reason to get him to talk about stuff, and he refused, that's on him no more on you. But the whole, the whole point of life, so, so much of life is just have a clear conscience. Right. If you're like, oh, I really like to talk about it. No. Okay. Right. And let's say he throws himself off a bridge. I mean, you're gonna feel like shit, right? Of course. Now, if and I'm look, I I don't think he's going to, but but if if you've literally tried everything that you can conceivably do, and you've offered him huge amounts of money, and 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 you've you've sat eating meals waiting for him to show up, and and like you've done everything, right? Then if he throws himself off a bridge, it's a horrible thing. But at least you won't sit there and say. I should have done more. It means he was already off the bridge by the time you started, right? <sighs> but you do everything. You do everything you can. I did, I mean, with, with, with my mother, I, I mean, I did, I did everything I could. I sat down for repeated conversations. I bared my heart. I offered her this. I offered her that. I gave her money. I like I tried everything and got nothing. Well, got abuse back, right? It's terrible. It is. It is it is terrible. Except except that I have no regrets. I have closure. I did everything a human being can do. I have no regrets. And that's an important thing in life. You're worried about your brother, and I, I'm, I respect you enormously for that, Will. You are worried about your brother, which means hold nothing back to have that conversation. If you have to beg, you have to cry, you have to plead, you have to say, uh, let's have this conversation, and then you and I will fly to Costa Rica and hunt tiny frogs. <laughs> Sounds great. Seriously. You know, you can say to your brother, who's your favorite band? Oh, are they playing in Japan? Have this conversation with me. We're flying out and you'll go. We'll go together. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, this is, this, is, this is what you do. I mean, to make my mother's life better, I won't even tell you how much money I gave her. And all she did was give it to shyster lawyers for some bullshit law case. I'm sorry, like I, I can't help her. I'm actually making the world a worse place by giving her money. Law case never went anywhere. It's just harassing people. Like I can't, I can't enable that in her. So you just, you do whatever it takes. It's a big life lesson. It's not just about your brother's life. You yeah. just do whatever it takes. To make things right. 
but how do you know you're not just digging in the wrong direction, I guess? I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Well, you don't know that yet, do you? Because you got one little no and you gave up, right? <sighs> well. So trust me, you got a ways to go, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted a, an ex-girlfriend back many, 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 many years ago. I wanted an ex-girlfriend back. I wrote her poetry. I sent her presents. We'd call on the phone from time to time, and I wanted her back, right? Tried for a couple months, and eventually she's like, mm, it's not going to happen, right? And I'm like, hey, well, have a great life, right? Painful as hell. But I've got no regrets. Yeah. I see what you mean. Right? I w- it wasn't like, because, you know, if I'd gone further, I'd be s- harassing her, right? If I didn't go right. and, and, and state my intentions clear, then I would sit there and say, oh, that was the one that got away. That was the girl for me, blah, 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 right? Right. How are you feeling? Well, I mean, it's it makes sense what you said. Um, I'll definitely... I will definitely work to to do that, to reach out and and just not, you know, not take no for an answer and give up like that. Yeah, don't give up, man. Don't give up. And and I mean, look at your parents, right? They made vows to each other. They fucked those vows up. They didn't stay committed. They didn't do whatever it took to keep the marriage together. Your dad had an affair and your mom's mad more than 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Right. You need to model something different for your brother. Yeah. And you need to find out what the hell happened with his girlfriend. A month is not enough time to figure out whether you can get a new job. No. So you guys need to open up your lines of communication. Because, you know, here's the thing, man. You know this as well as I do. We all sit there and we talk to ourselves all the time. All the time. And if all you do is talk to yourself, it's an echo chamber, right? Like a little skull prison of mirrors, right? (laughs) We need other people to step into the conversation and interrupt this, you know. I remember when I was a kid, I I love model trains. The HO scale. I love model trains. And I remember the very first one that I got was this sad little, it's just a circular track. That was it. <laughs> and, and, and one little CN rail car, and I think there were two little things like boxcars after it, right? And it went round and round. That's it. You could have it go round one way, or if you were feeling adventurous, the other <laughs> way. You could sure. have it go slow or fast and fall off, right? here's a funny thing just a complete by the by it's nothing to do with that conversation but just because I like recording things that happen for no reason but I had um, we, uh, I had one train when I was older I guess I was like 12 or so and it kept falling off the track you'd go fast and it would just jump off the track and my friend and I called it jerk off because it would just jerk itself off the track of course and I had no idea <laughs> <laughs> I I, I, I think it was I think it was when I read the novel Lucifer's Hammer. I think there's a Russian guy in there called Yakov or Jackoff, <laughs> and so I didn't realize what the slang meant until much later. But it made for some odd conversations to, to be overheard, I'm sure. But um, but that's that little train just went round and round. That's all it did. 
And you could either have it go slow, which was boring, or you'd go fast, it would fall off, but there was nothing, right? So, I mean, that was just the beginning, then it ended up with more stuff and all that. But but that's our life, right? We just we just round and round and round. And then other people come along and they want to interrupt us. And we're like, no, man, this is my identity. It's just going round and round. It's like, nope, right? I mean, I'm having this epic battle with the wine aunts on Twitter, right? I mean, it's not really with the wine aunts. It's with the younger women who still have a choice. But, you know, people are like, oh, you know, you do, women aren't just going to be brood mares. It's like, what, was your mom just a brood mare? That seems kind of rude, right? I mean, uh, women aren't just crapping out children. Or what did someone call them? Crotch fruit. Women, children are crotch fruit. And it's like, oh. God, that's a, that's a nihilistically horrible thing to say, right? Or women have these fantasies that, you know, when they're 70, they're going to be skydiving and curing cancer and, and you know, running uh, art camps. And it's like, come on, come on. It's all, it's all, and it's all just high status stuff, right? There was this one old professor who's like, well, I'm an old professor and I'm 80 and I'm, I'm still doing this. It's like, yeah, okay, so you're a very high IQ guy. Do you, do you think a, wait, a waitress should keep working till he's 80, you douchebag? I mean, get out of your... your uh, elitist little bubble there there's you know a whole whole lot of women out there who you know don't even like their jobs like only 13 percent of people like going to work at all what about the other 87 percent of people as you just keep working till they're dead i mean god it's terrible anyway but i'm just trying to interrupt this train going round and round and round right no kids is good no kids is good no kids. people are like well you know it's good Bad for the environment if there are too many kids. It's like, nope, not if there are too many smart kids, right? Because you've got to, I mean, in Africa, the birth rate is five or six kids per woman in some places, right? And who's going to feed those? We don't have any smart people. Those kids are going to starve. So it's, you know, I don't know. It's, and, and I'm, you know, just, I'm just trying to get these people to jump the tracks and start exploring rather than being led around by their noses and so on, right? And, you know, people are coming back with the most absolutely appalling insults and, and body shaming and penis shaming. And, oh, apparently I'm bald. Who, who, you know, this thing, too. I mean, if, if you're making bald jokes to a bald guy, trust me, we've heard them all before. Everybody thinks they're so individual and so clever. Anyway, but so it's just about jumping the tracks. Like, I'm committed to opening up choice for women who are being programmed to not have kids, right? So, you know, <laughs> I, w- I would say so shoot me, but that might be tempting to some, right? But... <laughs> But it's just, you know, I'm just committed to that. And people oh, they say, oh, you're so mad. You're so mad, right? It's like, well, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I mean, it's perfectly understandable why people are doing what they're doing. But I did the calculation that if even only like 1% of women who are reading this change their minds, that's 2,000 new beautiful babies in the world for the sake of a day or two's tweeting. That's a pretty good, it's a pretty good way to spend a couple hours, right? So absolutely. So, but that's just just be committed, right? Just be committed. Your brother's in a circle, right? And that circle is self-destructive. And the only way to get someone out of a self-destructive circle is to willfully impose themselves on that train going round and round, right? And you know, you you can't be tentative when it comes to something like this. I mean, you can be, but you're going to regret the living hell out of it, right? You've just got to be like, no, I'm going to. And and don't you know what what is it going to take for you to talk to me like that's putting the onus on the other person, right? And then just, you can just sit there. I don't know if you've got a significant other or a good friend or whatever. You know what your brother likes. There's going to be something that's going to tempt him. There's going to be yeah. something that's going to tempt him. Maybe it's a favorite restaurant. Maybe it is going to Osaka to see his favorite band. Maybe it's whatever, right? Maybe he wants to go uh, skydiving. Maybe he wants to go scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef. Or There's going to be something. And it's like, just dangle that in front of him. Oh, that's bribing people. Yeah, yeah, that's how the world works. Come on, man. I mean, how many people go to work because they love it? No, they're bribed. (laughs) Right? Come on. I mean, so 
incentives is key. Just, you know, you are there for him. You're going to have this conversation and you just find a way to make it happen. But uh, it's an incredibly powerful thing when people are really committed to you. And it's an incredibly powerful thing when you really commit to something. And you just just find a way to make it happen. I, I know that sounds like stupid and, and obvious, but if someone walks out, you walk after them. Somebody hangs up, you drive over. Somebody closes the door on you, you sit on the doorstep. If they won't let you sit on the doorstep, you sit on the sidewalk. If they won't let you sit on the sidewalk, you sit in your car until they come out and talk to you. It's like, oh, it's harassing people. It's like, well, you don't do this to strangers and you don't, I mean, if you already have an existing relationship and so on, you, that's what you do because you care. And you know the alternative, if something goes wrong, if you don't do that kind of stuff, is literally a lifetime of soul-eating regret. When and you it's put what it your up. parents should have done to save the damn marriage too, by the way, which is probably one of the reasons why it's going to be hard to do. Because whenever we surmount our parents... It's kind of like a death. It feels like a death. Does that make any sense? I think I follow what you're saying, yeah. All right, all right. Will you let me know how it goes? Absolutely. And um, how is this a useful convo, do you think? Very much. It's it's really uh, a privilege to have a chance to speak to you. I, I appreciate it very much. All right, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Keep me posted, all right? All right, take care.